We're being gaslit by everybody, whether it's the Secretary of State, the State Coordinator of Election, some of our legislators, and then unintentionally even the Heritage Action for America. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative, Tennessee's largest conservative news alternative. Today, we are joined by Kathy Harms to discuss election integrity, specifically as it pertains to Tennessee. Kathy Harm is a 10-year resident of Williamson County. Uh, she's an ordinary citizen who has conducted detailed research regarding elections in her community and the state, working alongside statisticians, IT specialists, cybersecurity experts, and legislators. They've discovered that, despite good intentions, the current systems contain significant vulnerabilities. For Kathy and those she works with, elections are for the people, not for the state or special interest. Elections should be fair and transparent. Kathy says those in charge of these processes need to be reminded that the vote belongs to the people. Uh, Kathy, thank you for being here. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Brandon, for having me. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, while most people focus on the machines, mm -hmm. it's all about the machines, uh, but how an election is administered mm -hmm. can affect the outcome. Um, significantly. Talk about what you have found regarding securing the voter rolls, uh, administrative functions in Tennessee, and things that, that trouble you. Well, first of all, on the voter rolls, uh, that is a subject we could do an entire show on. However, just suffice it to say that back when uh, the Help America Vote Act was passed back in 2002, we have in essence begun the process of federalizing our elections. They forced us through that act to have a statewide database for voter rolls, that single database. And that has become a problem because they also put in rules and regulations with that that Tennessee adopted that makes it much more difficult for us to remove people from voter rolls that shouldn't be there. I'll give you a good for instance, when we redistricted across the state, uh, we had hundreds if not thousands of um, registration cards that were returned for addresses, people didn't live there anymore, people had moved out of state, because we have a very passive system in some ways of checking on that data. And so we have, we hadn't, we can have inflated voter rolls just in Williamson County between nine and 14,000 people. And that's because of these passive systems in order to validate a voter. So that's one piece of it. Another piece, for instance, would be some of the legislation we tried to get passed last year, we put through a piece of legislation, a Joy Hensley, Senator Joy Hensley was great, he sponsored it. And it was good news, bad news. What we were trying to do was get the jury system to notify the election commission when an illegal was called up for jury duty because it was happening in the state of Tennessee. And that's a sensitive subject now that Biden is handing out things like social security numbers at the border. So great, we kind of try to close that loophole, but in the process, another piece of the current Tennessee code was, a, was amended that changed the regulation where the state coordinator of election in the past, the word was shall do these things to ensure that they're not illegals to may. And those slight changes in the legislation and words and, and um, terminology make a difference and in, for the administration to close the loopholes in administering and to triggering problems with our voter rolls. So that's on the voter roll side of it. So we've got things that are going on with the administrative functions. Uh, talk about issues related to transparency for the systems, the machines, uh, access to public records, okay. um, how election laws are triggered, 
For the most part, if you ever inquire as a citizen about any of these things, they act as if you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, they typically don't want to give information over, particularly if it causes a bureaucrat to, uh, you know, push away from their Angry Birds game for about 10 or 15 minutes to, to do something like collect data or send things to people. Uh, talk about, you know, transparency, uh, getting access to public records. What have you and other Tennesseans ran into as it relates to this? Well, the more uh, technology that we use in elections, and we're not anti-technology because we're going to get to a little bit about how we can use technology to our advantage. However, the more technology we use, we go to things called vote centers, for instance. In a vote center, you're going back to the voter rolls, they're on these e-poll books, which are connected to a network, right? And then who decides where these vote centers are? Our state constitution talks about precincts, but vote centers aren't precincts. So we had an election here in May in Williamson County, a primary, and in August. In May, we had all seven of our early vote centers were open for the entire early vote period. However, come August, only two were open for half of that time, which in our opinion disenfranchises the other five voters, vote center areas where people could vote because now you've limited it. You've made it confusing. When you vote in your precinct, you know where you live, you know where the things are in your precinct, you know where your school is, you know where your churches are. And when you start moving vote centers around in the name of convenience instead of accuracy, it makes it more difficult than administratively to ensure that everybody has equal access. You make it difficult to ensure that our voter rolls are clean because when you take it out of a precinct, now you're in these big conglomerates areas where the people working there don't know the people coming in. So that's a problem. So that's two small areas of administrative issues that then go into technology. And then you add technology in other areas like the machines. In a word, are elections transparent? No. And why? Because we have black box technology in these machines and people con you know, con consistently want to gaslight us. Gaslighting to your point of we are crazy if we're bringing these things up and we're being gaslit by everybody, whether it's the secretary of state, the state coordinator of election, some of our legislators, and then unintentionally even the Heritage Action for America, which does a great job in many, many areas, but they put out a scorecard that is currently being used to gaslight us to think that we are a state with no problems. Well, they didn't discuss the machines. Now let's go to the machines. Uh, the machines have black box, as I said, technology, which is proprietary, which means you, if, even if you could examine the machines, you can't get in them. So what are you really looking at? You're just looking at one aspect of the machine, like the pulse kind of analogy we used on the Heritage Scorecard. You can't find out what's inside. And so what does it take? It takes very expert people in dealing with technology. And we just, and the records are mammoth and confusing. And most people don't even know, even if you wanted to check out your election, I, most people wouldn't even know what to ask for. For instance, a lot of people were asking for something called the cast vote record recently. I'm getting calls from all around the state with answers from election officials from their county election commissions that go the gamut from the machines don't produce them. Um, we, don't, we, we don't keep them. Now it's a federal law to keep some of these records, right? To the, the best one of all of them came and they said, the election commission said, well, they're in a machine, those records. Well, where's the machine? I mean, I got this as a dialogue. Um, they're in Nebraska. The, the machine with the information is in Nebraska. Yes. Well, how am I going to get that? 
well, it's going to cost you $3,000. I mean, that was the one that just topped them all because people that even work in election commission offices are nice people. But for the most part, they don't know anything about technology or at least very limited. They're not IT specialists. They don't know, they don't program the machines. The vendor is outsourced. We are outsourcing so much of our election process to a company that doesn't have a tie to Tennessee, doesn't have a stake in the outcome in Tennessee and can make mistakes. And the most egregious mistake in Tennessee that a lot of people have heard about was the um, election in Williamson County in October of 2021, just a year ago after the 2020 election. And it was two really diligent poll watchers that caught that there was a problem at the end of the day on election day. And they caught it on the tape, the, the tally tape, which is another piece of another artifact, let's put it that way. There's all these little pieces of artifact that have to surround these machines because you have to check them. You got to check if they're seals, which are broken often. They're not even on the ballot bins. They're not on the memory cards. So the chain of custody and security of these machines can be up for grabs. And when we had the problem last October, Everything was whisked away, although we had people because of these great poll watchers that found it, we, we knew right away within 24 hours that there was a problem and we knew what the problem was. And instead of listening to us, we did a hand count and that means everything's okay, right? Well, not so fast. We knew there was a problem and it was validated by the Secretary of State. How many months later? Four. Sounds like 2020 all over again, right? Are you going to invalidate an election from four months ago? We found out it wasn't just the tabulator or scanner that had the problem. It also affected what we have here in Williamson County. It's called the ballot marking device, where somebody goes to vote. They punch in their, um, their selections. A, um, a piece of paper comes out with those selections, and they walk it over to a tabulator. Well, the problem was being generated by the, the machine that actually produces the paper. So how do we know if the hand count is right? Well, that's a red flag, you would think. Does anybody in our government raise this red flag? No. But what did we find out? We found out, and this is the most egregious thing to me, our government is not what's looking out for us. They're not the ones communicating to us when there's a problem. The issue with that was J. Alex Halderman, who has done this for decades, he's done um, testing on machines, is involved in a lawsuit in Georgia. And this, he's, this isn't the only declaration that came out. He said, in no uncertain terms, that these ballot marking devices cannot be trusted because it can actually change the voter's intent on the paper. It's bad enough that the tabulator is not reading what you're looking at. It's reading a QR code or a barcode, but the actual names can be changed. And most voters, he did a study, do not check their ballot. He even did a, a, a um, clinical study and only 14% of the people who, look, who he was studying through the University of Georgia could find those mistakes. Well, his thing came out, I'd say in February, just about the time the Secretary of State wrapped up our problem here. Well, you would think, oh, gee whiz, they're gonna raise the, they're gonna raise the red flag, they're gonna tell everybody, no, they just got rid of Dominion. What they didn't tell you, ESNS, which is another company that we have, was just pushed in in their place. It doesn't check, it doesn't fix the underlying vulnerability that the voter has a right to know that the vote they cast is actually the vote that's counted. And so the um, federal government even raised 
raised the alarm when they got the Halderman Declaration. They put it out there. They told everybody there's 16 states, guys, and Tennessee's one of them. You got these vulnerabilities. And the recommendation from Halderman is use handmarked paper ballots. Oh my gosh, you're going to start everybody's hair on fire if you ask them for a handmarked paper ballot. Oh my gosh, we can't do that. Well, that's what Halderman recommended. And there is no way to check and to be to for a voter. And this is the most confusing things about transparency. First of all, the voter can't be sure if they've punched what they punched in that that paper comes out, even if it says, you know, Brandon Lewis is who I voted for. When it goes into the machine to be counted, it's a QR code. And we're not doing 100% hand counts on most races. And some of these races are de decided by like 11 points, not big, big, you know, changes in, in the election. We had one here in May. It was decided by 11 points and a clerical error lost 11 votes. While when it was challenged, they miraculously found those 11 votes. So no, nothing to see here. Keep it moving. The, it's just discouraging when people in um, Tennessee, good citizens that ask questions are being told that they're not allowed to get the answers they're looking for. I went to an election commission meeting in Williamson County just a few days ago. Uh, people were allowed to ask a qu question or make a statement, but they were not allowed to get an answer. There was no discussion, no, just it's a one-way street. And those election commissioners are not elected. That's the other major fault in all of this. People who run our elections are not elected themselves. Your election commissioners are appointed by your state legislature. We had somebody put back on the election commission just this last week. Nobody even knew that happened. So you can't even apply for that job because it's not transparent. The secretary of state's not elected. The state uh, um, coordinator of elections, he's not elected. Where do they get their jobs? They get their job from the legislature. They elect them. And so that takes the people out of the process. Just in order to have transparency, in order to move forward on change, it's been very, very difficult. But I can say it's very impressive how many people in the state of Tennessee in 95 counties have risen to the task and they've done a good job on their own finding the things that are going on in their county they're just having difficulty getting anybody to listen to them. Guys, help support our work. Boy, this is a tough fight. It is a tough fight. We're out here telling you things that nobody else will tell you, and it does not make us popular with the powerful. Very difficult to get advertising. Even conservatives are afraid um, that they'd lose a dollar. That was it Ronald Reagan said. If you're afraid to basically put your money and put your mouth and put your business out there and your reputation out there for conservative principles because you're afraid you're going to suffer some insignificant or minor or maybe even major reprisal from the government or your clients, etc., he said, it's like feeding the alligator and hoping it eats you last. Guys, we need your money. We need you to put your money where your mouth is. We have had some really good donations come in here lately, and uh, we are starting to turn a corner here at the publication. It doesn't cost us money anymore, but there's not a lot of money in the account either. And there's so many things I'd love to do, uh, but we can't because we lack the funding. As I've mentioned before, only about 4%. I think we're about up to 4%. I don't think we're quite over 4% of people that give. That means like 96% of people like freeload. I'm sorry. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. They freeload. You know, conservatives are supposed to be like, I don't freeload. 
uh, you know, pay your own way, work your own way through. We got some folks that freeload on the publication. I don't care if it's five, ten dollars. Every little bit helps. Please, 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 please send your donations to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. You can also mail them. Mail them. We get lots of mail uh, contributions. Not lots, but I mean, you know, a handful a week. Hey, that's a lot to me. The Tennessee Conservative, 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. Or you can go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support, and when you do, we will send you this Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. We will send you this proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker. And if you get $50 or more or a recurring donation of $10 or more a month, we will send you this proud Tennessee conservative uh, tumbler. And I, I prayed over the entire box of these when they came in, and I pressed each one of these affectionately to my lips because that's how much your donations mean uh, to getting the word out there. And here, uh, very soon, as soon as uh, they are official, and as soon as they get sworn in and they start doing their, their duties up there, we will send you this uh, updated conservative directory. Not a conservative directory, it's just a directory of people. Uh, this directory of all your state reps, all your uh, state senators. So you've got a lot of people that you're talking to right now. In your opinion, what is the number one solution or mm. combination of solutions, if you can boil it down to like maybe three essential mm -hmm. items that can mm -hmm. bring real verifiable election integrity to Tennessee? And do we have any support from Republican leadership on this solution? The first solution would be to conduct your election with a handmarked paper ballot that is secure, not just paper that you, it has to be paper that can be validated because those machines have no markings on them. You've got to be sure that you've that the, the actual paper that's counted is the paper that was used in the election. So we want control numbers. We want counterfeit measures on them. And we want the people to be able to hand mark them. It will reduce the lines. It will reduce the cost. So that's number one, a hand marked paper ballot that you can see your choices and you mark it yourself. Then our number two would be to do a hand count based on those ballots. Go back to, and the only way to, or at least the best way to do that would be to go back to precinct voting. Because in a precinct, we've done the studies. There aren't that many ballot types per precinct, maybe one, maybe two. But when you put them in vote centers, you could have 200 because you're consolidating the whole county. Go back to precincts where people live where the poll workers know the voters, where the ballots, uh, the voter rolls are not online. And if you vote in a precinct, you can hand count. We hand counted the election last uh, um, October and I was part of that hand count. We started counting, I would say it was after two o'clock. We were done with the 7,400 votes or ballots that were cast in about four hours, we were done. Now you only have roughly 1,500 people, I think in a precinct. So just consider how much quicker that could go. So that would, those would be the two top things we would do. And then do a more aggressive work to secure our voter rolls would be number three. Do we have support for those? We have a little support. There's a few key legislators you know, that go to is the really great um, conservative constitutionalists like Janice Bowling, Mark Pody, Todd Warner, um, just to name a few. There are others. Um, it's an uphill battle. I did testify last year to get the handmarked paper ballot, not as the only thing, but to at least have the Secretary of State presented as a possibility to the Election Commission. It failed. There wasn't; it, they wouldn't even put it as a as one of the choices. But what we have found is you can have a handmarked paper ballot in the state. It's not illegal. 
and there are counties that are going to try to move toward that. It's going to be the question of how to count them, because right now it they're wanting us to use a tabulator. I could handle the tabulator if every single ballot image was uploaded as soon as the polls close. Then my controlled numbered ballot, which only I know, I can find, I can audit my vote, I can audit my precinct, and I can audit my county. And if I wanted to, I could audit the state. That's a people's audit. And that would be the best way. It's not unprecedented. Georgia just passed legislation last year where every single ballot image is public record. And we should be able to have that uploaded. People should be aware that they could see it. And then you have an audit automatically. So if it goes through the tabulator and something went wrong in the tabulation, we have the actual ballot images online. And those votes belong to the people, not the government. We should be able to see them. Those sound like fantastic ideas. Um, and I've stayed away in many um, stayed away from election integrity issues a lot in our publication, not because I don't think it's important, but because, as you mentioned, it's so complicated. I often cannot tell uh, when people are trying to make wine out of sour grapes after Trump's election mm -hmm. uh, and, and when they have legitimate concerns. And it's a combination of both. I had a gentleman on here several. I don't know. It's been probably over a year ago. And uh, my BS sensors were just just on like just blowing up. The only person I've ever interviewed that I thought I probably shouldn't have done that because I don't think it was accurate. And I don't think the gentleman was telling me the complete truth. I think he was wanting to uh, play to an audience of folks that 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 want to hear what they want to hear. And people have made a lot of money and uh, notoriety out of that. But these recommendations, Kathy, that you've made today are very simple. They're very straightforward. They should not be altogether too expensive. But the issue is you've got bureaucrats sitting in election commission offices, and they hate change. And I've told people repeatedly that the biggest opponent uh, that you have to election reform are the government employees that must conduct this, that, or the other because they don't want anything to change mm -hmm. uh, because they think everything is just fine. Um, but I think those uh, reforms that you mentioned are, are very straightforward and simple, and it would keep uh, everyone accountable, uh, and it would make everybody feel a lot better about the outcome of elections. And one thing that we have a problem with in Tennessee is we don't fix problems until, we've, until we have them or in some cases until we've had them so long or a politician gets a black eye over it in the press, and we need to be more pro proactive. We need to lead more. So what do you think that grassroots conservatives and concerned Republicans need to do to help in this effort? Well, first of all, they have to get engaged. There is no white uh, knight on a horse. This is a self-governing country, and we're forgetting that. I think we have outsourced, as citizens, our role and our responsibilities to bureaucrats and to legislators. We have to remember that we're a constitutional republic and that that's the, that's the sweet, sacred duty of liberty that we all can engage. So that's number one. Go to your election commission meetings, advocate for the things we're talking about here today. And I will tell you, there are a few counties that have already stood up and they are doing just that. And Murray County has done a great job of doing just that. Inform your election commissioners. Um, they, I think they think that the secretary of state is the last word. He is not. Your county is where you start. There is a petition circulating in a few counties. Um, one of them is online and it is a great petition. I, we have a petition that's out and we are giving it to anybody who wants to circulate it in their county that says a simple thing, these simple things. We do not want machines. You have an obligation 
by from Article four and Article five of our state constitution gives us the right to fair and equal elections and precinct voting. It says nothing in there about voter centers. We don't want these things that you've given us. Sign a petition. If it's presented to you, grab a petition if you don't already have it and take it to your election commission because there's only five people sitting in that office. And even if the three, you get three votes, you have to back those people up too because they can't, they don't want to be in a situation where they put in these ballots and then the other side comes in and wants to spoil it and fills them all out poorly just to make a statement. Back it up. Let them know that this is what you want. You have a voice. You can make it heard. And so I'd get a hold of one of these petitions, advocate for the ballot, get rid of the machines, want to see your ballots. You want to see your, your ballot after the election on a, you know, have them upload it and then clean up our voter rolls, put in more proactive ways to make sure that Number one, we've authenticated the voter. Number two, we've authenticated the ballot. And number three, we've authenticated the count. Very simple. Other states are working on this. Let's let Tennessee be number one. Well, I think this is very good. Uh, if you uh, would uh, send us a copy, Kathy, of that petition or something similar, we will put it in this story as a link. So if you look at the podcast, if you look where this is posted, if you look on social media, uh, you will see somewhere Jason will uh, put that there so that you can get a link to that PDF or whatever it is. Uh, Kathy, thank you for your time today. I appreciate thank it very you. much. Thank you so much for covering this important subject, Brandon. All right, guys. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative News. If you like this, please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com uh, and also search for Tennessee Conservative wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star review. Forward this to your friend. It really helps. Until next time, it's BL signing off.